Hello and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, and I'm here with Mr. Jason Shear, who's super happy tonight. Uh, we just recorded a one-hour podcast and it somehow got deleted. <laughs> if the wrong person gets in my way right now, I will fight them. We're um, rewinding and we're redoing all of this again. So everything that you're going to hear has already been done. And we are going to make it better and super awesome because we're going to do something a little bit different tonight. Uh, Because it's a super huge game, Arizona men's basketball is playing UCLA on Tuesday night at 9 o'clock at Poly Pavilion. We are going to do a little breakdown position by position using Jason's excellent analysis skills. Shelby's currently rubbing my back because she knows how pissed I am. He's pissed. <laughs> we're pissed. It's just uh, we're not really sure what happened, but we're going to get past it because we're professionals. So we're going to start with the point guard, Tiger Campbell versus Kier Kresad. Jason. Thank you for calling me a professional, by the way. Not many people. <laughs> yeah, you are a professional journalist and you are Speaking of professional, so knowledgeable at Arizona. ASU currently professionally sucking. That's true. Down 23. Okay, back okay, to focusing yes, on so, the point guards. Huh? Tiger Campbell versus Kier Kresa. What is your analysis, Jason? Yeah, it's a it's an intriguing matchup. It may be individually one of the more intriguing matchups in the game simply because uh, Tiger Campbell has had a lot of success in, you know, recently against Arizona and Kerr is kind of struggled to defend him when he was in the game. And to be fair, um, completely different coaches, James Akinjo also in there. And so it's, you know, he's had success. It's not all on Kerr by any, you know, by any means. But if you were picking a weakness of Kerr's game, it would, it would probably be defense. Um, Tiger Campbell has been battling a thumb injury and has played like crap the last three games, uh, non-coincidentally. Arizona, I'm sorry, UCLA hasn't been all that great uh, their last three or four games. So, you know, Tiger Campbell, 10, 13, uh, 5, and 4. Shot 12%, 20%, and then 30% against Oregon. Um, you know, uh, you, those are bad teams. Oregon's not, obviously. But, you know, you can get away with that against Colorado and Utah against Oregon. It becomes much more difficult against Arizona. It becomes much more difficult. So, you know, Tiger Campbell, best three-point shooter in the Pac-12 conference by percentage. Kirk Kreisa is, as we said last game, in the most complimentary way possible, in MFR. And Paulie's going to be coming at him, and you kind of hope that he he gets motivated off it, but he also doesn't lose um, you know, his his focus because of that and get too involved with the fans. But um, it's kind of give give a little, take a little, because he's at his best when he's telling fans yeah, when he's telling fans to shut up and hitting threes. So um, it is a very intriguing matchup. Um, it's one of those games where, you know, if Tiger Campbell's turning the ball over, which isn't common, you know, UCLA does not turn the ball over uh, at all. But, um, you know, Tiger Campbell fouled out in the game against Oregon. Sure, it was in 41 minutes, but um, he's not the same player that he has been in terms of shooting at least the last two games. If he's not shooting well, the game becomes a lot more intriguing and it becomes a lot more difficult from the UCLA perspective. Kerr needs to, you know, like everybody really, Kerr needs to stay out of foul trouble. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they kind of throw at UCLA um, and Tiger Campbell to see if they take him out of the game because he's improved so much over the past year. That's great analysis, Jason. Thank you so much. It's the first time I've heard it tonight. <laughs> 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 
We're going to go on to the shooting guards, Ben Mithurin versus Jules Bernard. What are we looking at there? Yeah, this is a fun one. Um, you know, Jules Bernard has improved, even though the numbers won't show it a ton. I think he's a better player than he was um, last season. Uh, but he's another, you know, feast or famine type of guy. Like against Colorado, nine points, shot 25%. Utah, 14 points, shot 25%. But then, you know, he's had better games. Um, he's has the last, like, five games. He hasn't shot well at all. He did against Oregon State, but they're not a real basketball team, so that doesn't count. Um, but beyond that, he hasn't shot well at all. But he makes up for it, solid defender, uh, and gets to the line quite a bit. I think that's the biggest thing with Ben is that they're going to try – um, to get Ben into foul trouble with Jules, and Ben has to be smarter than that. Um, you know, it, with that being said, uh, I don't think Jules can guard Ben either because I don't think anyone in the country can really guard Ben except for Ben. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Ben, what I'm guessing Cronin does is what he does against teams with size, which is kind of sag off and collapse. And so Ben goes to the paint, they'll collapse, they'll try to force Ben to shoot the three ball. Um, if it's there, he's good enough where, you know, he could take it and make them but you don't want him to become heavily reliant on it because that's not his game. He can make threes, but he's at his best when he's getting to the line, when he's getting in the lane, and when he's aggressive. And UCLA is going to say, you know what, hey, take all the threes you want. Um, Bernard is, is a well-rounded player, but he's not a great uh, shooter. He'll shoot threes, but you know he's one of these guys where he'll shoot them, but he won't really make them. Like you have one for eight, one for five. Um, he's had games where he shot well, but the games where he shot well from three generally have come against bad teams. You know, you take a look at his stats. Um, he played great against, you know, against Villanova in that win. That you, you can make an argument that was his his best game of the season in that overtime win against Villanova. Um, but you know, he's the type of guy where if you're Arizona, you need Ben to be a clear victor in this matchup and not get in foul trouble because the lack of depth, uh, the possible lack of depth for Arizona. Um, if Pella gets the start, is is dangerous, even though I like the way Justin Kyer has been playing. Um, you need Ben to be full go. Um, and Jules Bernard is the type of guy where, you know, he draws fouls at a, a pretty impressive rate. So that's that's something to look up for. But overall, I mean, Ben's clearly the better player. He's arguably the best wing in the country. So he's not, no one that they play this season is getting an advantage over Ben. And the podcast that you didn't get to hear that was deleted previously, Jason said that Ben is better than Jules Bernard in every regard. So yeah. he was a poet, and he and didn't then, know it. Uh, I was going to drop a diss track. Now I'm definitely dropping a diss track after that podcast was deleted. It's going to come out. I have to make my title for it. So if you have any suggestions for a diss track, depending, depending on what happens. I'm stewing on the Bruin. Yeah. Jason actually thinks he could be a rapper. I, look, this is a whole different All podcast. The time. I 100% believe that if I sat down and started writing rhymes, I could make it. I don't have that look, but I could make it as a rapper based on rhymes alone. Mm. Bold words, Cotton. Let's yeah. see what happens. No. All right. Well, now we're going to move on to small forwards. Dalen Terry versus Johnny Juzang, Double J. That's a hot matchup for me. That's it. That's the ball game type of matchup. And what I mean by that is if Johnny Juzang goes 10 of 25, Arizona's in great shape. If he goes 7 of 14 and gets the line, Arizona's in bad shape. Uh, Dalen Terry is going to guard him. My guess is Tommy Lloyd throws a bunch of different looks at UCLA. Um, we know Tommy's not going to go out and play one defense. They'll trap, they'll press, they'll do stuff like that. Uh, Johnny Juzang isn't a guy that 
you know, will drive and get to the line a lot. But he's he's more of a he's at his best when he's hitting that mid-range jumper. Um, you know, for me, um, he is one of the best offensive players in the country because of his ability uh, to score in, in a lot of ways. Dalen Terry is not going to outscore Johnny Juzang. If Dalen Terry outscores Johnny, um, it means that uh, it means that Arizona killed UCLA. Like I, I am very confident saying that. If you look at the box score after the game, and Dalen Terry and Johnny Juzang are within two points of each other. That Arizona, Arizona blew out UCLA. Yeah, that was the game. Uh, with Johnny, you know, like I said, he's he's shooting thirty eight percent from three. He'll take three or four a game, but that's not his game. His game is getting inside that mid range jumper, and when he's on, uh, he's super good. Like he won Pac twelve Player of the Week against Colorado. Was nine of eighteen for twenty three points against Utah. Was nine of thirteen for twenty eight points. You know, twenty four points against Oregon State. Um, against Oregon, killed them too with 23. Now, he's had games where he does not shoot well, and those coincidentally, not coincidentally, are the games in which UCLA struggles. Um, he's not a, a very athletic guy, in my opinion, and, and defensively at, at least, so you wouldn't mind Dalen kind of pressuring him a little bit, but uh, it is, we've seen Arizona win when Dalen Terry doesn't score, right? It, it, it happens often, like Dalen Terry's not a big scorer. If Johnny is held to like, 50, you know, twelve to fifteen points in that range, which is possible, where he's not taking a lot of shots, um, it's going to be very hard for UCLA to win that game. Uh, you know, like against Villanova, they won, but he was nine of twenty-four, but he saw twenty-five points because uh, he went to the line six times, and and what's the difference later on in the game? But you know, if Cal, he went three of ten, not great. Five of sixteen against Marquette, not great. He's capable of not having a great game. And so Dalen Terry's biggest challenge is the fouls. We've seen him pick up a couple fouls early in the game. He hits the bench. And especially if it's a situation where Zoo isn't playing and Pell is starting, uh, they need all the Dalen Terry they can get. Because once that happens, it's like, who's guarding Johnny? If You would have to switch things around. So like Pella would have to guard Johnny, and uh, which may still happen a little bit. But uh, Dalen getting in foul trouble pretty much screws up your strategy if you're Tommy Lloyd on your defensive strategy. So that is a, uh, a very big deal going into that game, but Johnny's clearly the better player than Dalen. He's not the better defender, um, but that is a, a major, major challenge for Dalen. Um, The type of matchup where I say a guy can make himself money. Like if Dalen goes out and, you know, contains or even shuts down Johnny, he, he made some money. So he's got to agitate and contain. Look at you. That's his, that's his marching orders. That's the name orders. of my diss track. Also. Agitate and contain. got to agitate. Okay, I'm done. All right. Well, we will keep a very close eye on that matchup tomorrow night. Jason, stop moving. Oh. This is a live podcast. <laughs> We've only been sitting here for over an hour. Oh, my gosh. We're almost done, but not really. I'm sorry. That's an outtake, but I'm keeping it. It cause... was your idea to do this, by the way. My bad. I know. Okay. Well, we're moving on. <laughs> To our power forwards, who Jason's already mentioned a couple times, Pella Larson versus Jaime Jaquez. Double J. Another we, double J. We are assuming at this point for this matchup that Tubelas is out. So before you answer the first question, mm-hmm. is there any update on the Tubelas situation? I think the best update, Shelby, that I can give you at 11 o'clock on Monday night mm-hmm. is that there is no update at 11 o'clock on Monday do, night. Do, do, do. And when you wake up in the morning, there will be no, there will be no update. And the only update that'll come is when he either takes the layup line or he doesn't. Because 
what's the point of giving an update? And we're not <laughs> like, going to tell UCLA what we've got. We're yeah, not going like, to show our cards here. Uh, you know, this is and it, they don't do it in football. They're not going to do it in basketball where only eight guys play. Um, now, Pella it, it, and Zoo has had great games against UCLA. The issue is defensively, it is difficult for him because Jaime is just smaller and faster. Now, Jaime has an ankle injury. He has not been faster the last few games. He has not been good uh, the last few games. And all of a sudden, you know, he, if, you know, I assume that when you play Arizona, you become 100% and he will actually grow a third ankle that will allow him <laughs> to jump out of the gym. They kept it under wraps until the moment. But like of he the had game. 14 points against Colorado, but he didn't really play well. And then before that, eight against Utah played like crap. Four against Oregon was awful with four turnovers. Um, and, and because he's slower, he's fouling more. Um, He's a guy where really he hasn't. I mean, he went off against Marquette, but since Marquette, he has not played all that great. Long Beach State um, at eight points, but that was a blowout. Fourteen points against Cal, but they're not a real team. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's very interesting that matchup. Pella is probably a better defensive matchup in terms of guarding Jaime. Offensively, Jaime is probably excited to see a guy like Pella as opposed to Tubelis because there's no world where he can guard Tubelis. Now, again, we've seen, you know, I, I like, I love Sean Miller. You know, I love Sean Miller. But, um, you know, you knew what you were getting defensively every time you faced Arizona. There were very few changes. Tommy Lloyd is going to throw a variety of defenses at UCLA. And even if there was a defensive mismatch with Jaime versus Zoo, um, you would assume that Tommy has different looks to kind of make up for it. Um, it's called a strategery. Right. And so, um, you know, Pella can guard Shelby's head just exploded because Bobby Hurley's kid went on the court. <laughs> I was just like, I just saw Hurley almost, on the sorry, court almost, for a second for the faint, ASU game. She almost fainted and distracted me. My brain exploded. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like Pella versus Jaime is a, it's not an even matchup because Jaime is a really good player, but the explosiveness, the athleticism of Jaime is a concern um, for UCLA if it's there. Uh, and, and Arizona, no matter what, even if Zoo is healthy, is going to go small uh, a bunch because they have to. But it's one of those situations where neither player can probably guard the other. Um, Pella is a diff, uh, if Pella plays, it's the opposite. They can both guard each other, and it's fine. But um, you know, it's either way. It's a really intriguing matchup, and it's interesting because I don't think we're talking about it enough. It is very possible that Arizona is without their second best player. And again, I know I, right? And no, I know I said this later in the first podcast, but like if you told me that UCLA was going to be without Jaime, but that Zoo was playing. I would tell you that UCLA is going to lose this game by 15 points and feel damn good about it. Now, no one is really saying that about Arizona because Arizona's kicked the crap out of, you know, Stanford and Cal. Obviously, this is a bigger challenge, but we need to be talking about this more. Like, it is a much bigger factor in this game. Even if you, what I said, which is like Zoo would struggle to guard and all that, like, you're talking about overall depth. Like, you're talking about if Pella gets in foul trouble, where Adema Ball is going to play against UCLA. That's, I love Adema. I think he's got a bright future. This is a big, not there yet. that's a big stage it's to ask him. One. So, you know, it, it is a bigger factor and one that I feel is not being paid. Like we're hearing about Tiger's thumb and Jaime's ankle. Well, what about Zoo's ankle? Like it's just, it, it, you know. And so overall um, it, it's interesting. And really it, it comes down to like, what does Tommy do? Like, let's say Zeus playing. Do you go super big with Christian and Umar and mm -hmm. just say, hey, you know what? Stop us, UCLA. Yeah, make them work. Stop us. And, and so it's Tommy's willing to go bigger and saying, stop us instead of going small. But we've also seen that he doesn't mind going small. So 
Um, it is going to be a very interesting chess match, in my opinion, what happens, even if Zoop does play, in terms of who goes small when. Well, knowing that we're talking about chess and pieces moving around the board, what are the keys overall to this game, in your opinion? Yeah, first we need to talk about the center position. You just skipped over Cody Riley. You have no respect for him. You're right, I did. Someone <laughs> texted me. <laughs> just start again. And we're going to keep this. Anyway. Oh, we are? Yeah. Okay, so... wait, no, no, we go back. So for the final <laughs> position, we're going to talk about the centers. Christian Coloco versus Cody Riley. What are your thoughts, Jason? We need to discuss who's texting you at 11 p.m., but we'll get to that anyway. <laughs> um, this is a matchup that is, you know, UCLA, in my opinion, uh, they love their Cody Riley. Like, he's a guy that averages eight points or six points and four rebounds a game, and they love him. Uh, Christian Coloco is a better player in every in every regard. Uh, yeah. Um, now, again, this goes back to the chess match. Um, I think Miles Johnson is going to get more minutes this game. He played absolutely fantastic last game, has been crap all the other games. So, you know, UCLA is going to probably, you know pretty early whether or not Miles, like Miles had the best span of his career early on in the last game. So you'll know uh, what kind of player he's going to be. But I think with Arizona's size, they got to play Miles Johnson um, a little bit more. But Coloco is, this is a good matchup for him. He's able to run the court. Uh, he's able to, uh, you know, UCLA likes to get to the rim. They're not a great jump shooting team, even though they hit threes at a decent rate. They're not a good jump shooting two team, I should say. Um, Christian Coloco is going to impact shots at the rim. And then again, um, you know, Umar is going to have a role. And so yeah, all of a sudden, ball. Christian and Umar, with the way Umar has been playing, um, all of a sudden Arizona's size is an issue for UCLA. And, um, you know, Miles Johnson is, is fine. I think he's better than he's shown. But, you know, if you are comparing Miles Johnson and Cody Riley to Christian Coloco and Umar Balo, it is going to be advantage Arizona every time. And I think the key is when you have an advantage, you have to make sure that's your advantage. Like if you're UCLA, I mentioned that Juzang over Terry is an offensive advantage. You better have that offensive advantage because if not, you probably lost the game. Okay, well, rewind back to the question I, I asked before this. What are the keys overall to this game? Well, you take a look at the game overall, and UCLA doesn't turn the ball over much, and Arizona has been turning it over way too much. Now, Arizona didn't turn the ball over against Cal, but like I said, Cal's not a real team, so it doesn't count. Hmm. You keep getting very insulted when I say that. I'm just saying, we did play them, and we did beat them. Yeah. So they are a real team. We almost beat them. Think about that. We don't even play basketball, me and you. Uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> but, Be quiet. Uh, yeah, there's, it's a different animal. And so Arizona can't get in that turnover game at the UCLA. They're too good on both ends of the floor. And I think the biggest concern I have is, even though UCLA isn't big, they are aggressive on the offensive glass. Arizona's defensive rebounding has not been good as of late, even against Cal. And UCLA is too good of a team to give second chances to. Um, it sounds like it's every game. Rebound and, and take care of the ball. But I think against bad teams, you can get away with not doing both. Against UCLA, you better come prepared. Um, and then foul trouble. Like, if Zoo doesn't play, Arizona's got to be careful with that foul trouble. There's not a lot of depth at certain positions with UCLA. Um, and it, it's, you know, if you're UCLA... Um, you have to find a way to slow the game down. Uh, there's been times where UCLA has sped it up. They're not as good. If UCLA tries to speed this game up and run, they're going to get run off the floor. They do not have the size or athleticism that Arizona has. Slow it down, grind it out, take some time. Otherwise, they're done. And I think Mick Cronin is a smart enough coach to do that. 
But if they if he's not, or if UCLA gets caught up in what Arizona's trying to do. Caught up in the pageantry. It's going to be a blowout. I mean, it really is. And, and again, I don't think it will be a blowout because I think that Cronin and UCLA in general is, is too smart for that. But um, it'll be interesting to see how they deal with pace in this game. And I am looking forward to seeing Arizona in the transition times, especially we saw it with Cal, where Cal was all excited that they got a three and Arizona had already gone down and scored, already got a bucket or two. Um, I think that's going to be an important factor with UCLA, and that's going to force them to speed up if, if they're chasing after Arizona in those transition times. I think that's important. But uh, we're going to wrap it up again for the second time. And if, there won't be a third time. Like if, this, uh, if this deletes, you'll never hear from me again. We're just going to um, My computer is going to go through the window. Our predictions of the third version and call yeah, it a night. Right. But what is your prediction, Jason? I'm agonizing over this one. He is agonizing. And I don't usually. Here's the deal. If this game was played at McHale, it'd be Arizona, no second thoughts. If it was played on a neutral court, it would be Arizona, no second thoughts. I want to go on record as saying I think Arizona is a better team than UCLA. Oh, thanks, honey. That's so good of you for the Arizona podcast. Now, with that being said, uh, that doesn't always necessarily lead to a win. Um, I go back and forth. So UCLA is going to be jazz. The Polly's going to be, you know, nuts, you, you assume. With Arizona fans. But Arizona's played at Tennessee and at Illinois. That's true. And Paulie's not going to be like those places. But the players are going to be pretty jazzed. I just come down to the fact, and this might sound stupid, that eventually every good team throws up like a clunker. Like, no matter how, like Baylor lost two in a row. And Baylor's still one of the best teams, if not the best team in the country. Gonzaga's had a, you know, a clunker, right? And so Arizona has it. I mean, I guess you can make the argument that Tennessee is at... I, you know, it's, man, it, it's, it's tough because he doesn't want to be a homer. No, it's not that it's like, I don't, the only result that would surprise me is UCLA blowing out Arizona. That would really that surprise would be me. shocking. If Arizona goes in there and UCLA can't handle their athleticism and Arizona wins by 10 points, wouldn't surprise me. If Arizona wins a close game, wouldn't surprise me. If UCLA wins a close game, wouldn't surprise me. Like the spread is only two points. Now, the fact that the spread is two points in favor of Arizona Tells me that Vegas wants you to bet on UCLA. The analytics have Arizona winning. All of them. I'm picking UCLA by one point. I feel like shit about it. Boo. <laughs> yeah, I'm cursing. I feel bad about it. All right? My dog's licking the computer. That's how upset she is. Um, I, I don't feel good about it at all. Um, not the fact that I'm picking Arizona to lose. I just, it's tough. Because like I said, I think Arizona is the better team. Um, the only way I wouldn't think that, like, even if Arizona goes and loses by two, I'm not going to be like, man, UCLA is the better team. No, you just want a home game by two. Like, who cares? Right. If if, you, if Arizona goes in and beats UCLA by 10, my opinion is just cemented. But I'm of the opinion that, like Tommy Lloyd said earlier in the year, you're going to lose games. Like, Arizona's not running the table from here on out. I know people think they are. They're going to lose a stupid game. Um, this would not be a stupid game. And so I just kind of feel that teams lose. Like, that's my reasoning for picking UCLA. Are you saying that they're due? Teams, yes. Teams lose <laughs> basketball games. That's it. Not this team. Like, UCLA shouldn't have lost to Oregon. They lost to Oregon. UCLA is going to lose another stupid game. Like, teams are lose stupid games. Arizona's not finishing the season with one loss. There's going to be that time where the shot's just not falling. And it's, I'm not picking UCLA because I think UCLA is better. I'm picking UCLA because... Um, I just recorded two podcasts, and I just assume that's what's going to happen because of it. Well, you can just ignore Jason because I think that Arizona's going to win by 12. It will be in the double digits. I think that 
The last five minutes of the game, Arizona's going to still be going strong. We're great athletes. I'm not an athlete, but you are great athletes. Arizona sure. has amazing athletes. UCLA is going to get tired, and we're just going to take it, you know, to the end. We're going to win. Bianca and I are picking Arizona by 12. Now, keep in mind, we have some things going on here. I don't believe Arizona will win by double digits, even though Arizona could. So I bet the girl is a toy. Yes, Jason's, and and Jason told the girls that if Arizona wins 10-plus, they will get a toy. Shelby went as far as to say, look, I'm not going to be outdone here. If Arizona wins the national title, I'll buy you a dog. So that's where we're at in this household. We, we don't need everything. a fourth dog, but I feel like we should get a dog. God help us with that podcast. We have four dogs. Yeah, we'll have four dogs. By the way, in this version of the podcast, the second time we've recorded this evening, Bianca has decided that she no longer wants to be on the floor. Like, Yeah, she's not jumped up on the table. A ruckus. She's now in my arms on the table. This is the only way I can contain her. Also, Shelby said, if Arizona wins, we will literally buy a live Bruin bear. Wow. And sacrifice. No. I didn't Sacrifice it on the internet's podcast. That's, what is that weird movie? A bear, what's that bear hat? I was going to say, what's the movie with the... With Yellow Jackets is a great show. It's a deer hat. But if you need a great show on Showtime, watch Yellow Jackets. Florence Pugh is in that movie where in Norway with the cults and like the flowers and they burn the guy with the bear suit. Midsummer. Midsummer. You did not that... watch that. That's You can't you watch scary I've movies. seen enough clips of it on Facebook. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Me. I am a very impartial observer. I watched the game right down the middle. Yeah, right. Years ago, when I was a student at Arizona, my first UCLA basketball game in UCLA came to town. Uh, I wore an FUCLA shirt, and I uh, I got reprimanded by the security at McHale. Probably the same security dude. They're all like 90. Um, and he told me to turn my shirt inside out, and I said, it's not a bad word. It's just a school with a letter in front of it. And uh, he made me turn it inside out, and I'll never forget that. And you also had an I also F-U-S-C. have an FUSC shirt. That's better. Uh, we're from L.A. by family. I'm not. Um, so uh, I picked up my dad, who came out for the USC game years and years ago. And I was wearing an FUSC shirt, and he was coming from L.A., and he just kept walking because I, he was so embarrassed. But what are you going to do? Tough crap, Dad. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, by the way, that all of you have this image of Jason as being this very quiet. I am very quiet. Cool. Yep. Reserved. Keep going. Guy that, you know, sometimes some of you see him out in You're public, and they're loud, just please. like, oh, it's sheer. Oh, yeah, I can't talk to him. Um, he's definitely louder than you think he is. I'll give you that. He's rowdy, uh, rowdier than you think he is. Depends on the moment. He's sillier than you would think I'll give he you is. That. It's just that you'd have to like be here late at night or, you know, maybe if he's just having I'm a I'm business. Yeah. I'm like a mullet. We've already warned our girls tomorrow night that the versions of ourselves they may hear are not maybe the best versions of us, but we do love Arizona. I do. He has to be a reporter. He's a Hello, reporter. everyone, equally. Pac-12 mm-hmm. is just 12 people I love. Mm, nope, that's not right. Nope. I'm not going to lie to you and say I love ASU. Yeah, we can't do it. So, whatever. All right. Well, that concludes our podcast. We know that Dave Pash and Bill Walton will be calling the game your favorite uh, look, people. As long as, you know, I got a little criticism because said Mike Montgomery sucked, but... How did you get criticism? It was awful. Bill Walton is an acquired taste. You like Bill? I do like Bill. I, I think he, he, when he calls it kind of colorful, it's fine. If he starts getting into like the history I, of the Punic Wars, my thing is like I like Bill in blowouts and close games where it's actually required to analyze and talk about what's going on. I don't like him. I like 
a part of me kind of likes when he gets silly and poor Dave Pash is just trying to rein him in and like focus on the game. And then Bill is just talking about like native wildlife of the Sonoran Desert and it has nothing to do with the game. So we'll find out which Bill we're getting tomorrow night. Word up. Bear down, wake up. Thanks Bear for joining down. us, guys. And we're going to win. Go Arizona. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.